Hi there, this is Alvin, and welcome to the Kickstart Commerce Podcast, where we share search, marketing, and domain investing strategies to help grow your business. In today's episode, our guest is John D. Saunders. No, not John P. Saunders, the late, great Canadian-American sports journalist who kept us <laughs> informed on all things life and sports at both ESPN and ABC until the time of his death in 2016. God rest his soul. But I'm talking about John D. as in Domain Saunders, a value-based digital marketing strategist and serial entrepreneur with a great passion for providing actionable tactics to streamline and build profitable brands. Today, John and I dive deep into the backstory of why and how he founded 54digital.com. We discuss how 54digital.com led to the launching of blackwallet.org, blackillustrations.com, and illustratorhub.com. John also shares how he qualifies purchasing and developing domain names from an end user perspective as an entrepreneur and digital marketing strategist. And last but not least, John discusses domain extensions and his firsthand experience educating and serving customers in naming and building brands that uniquely stand the test of time. So with that, John, welcome and thank you for making time to join us today. Alvin, thank you for having me, man. I appreciate it. And thank you for that intro, man. You got me, you got me hyped up. <laughs> <laughs> no worries. I'm excited. No worries. I it, I finally put two and two together of I was like, man, why does your name sound so familiar? Yes. And it wasn't until I was like, it seems like I've known a John Saunders somewhere down the line. And then it dawned on me. I was like, wait, ESPN. Um, and so it's <laughs> yes, like, man, yes, put the two and two together. I was like, oh, okay, well, he's John D. Saunders, and that was John P. Saunders. So that is <laughs> exactly. awesome. that's exactly why I use the D in my name because you know, I have to differentiate. He's, he's a legend, you know what I mean? And that helps me <laughs> kind of differentiate myself from certainly, certainly. Well, let's talk about differentiation. So, you know, to kick things off, uh, John, briefly share at a high level with our listeners a bit about yourself, who you are, your personal and professional background? Yeah, definitely. So uh, I started in this space, I want to say when I was a kid, right? I always had uh, like this creativity side where I would write short stories about my friends and I going on these adventures. I would read Goosebumps and Animorphs because my mom would make us read before we could go outside. So she's like, oh, you want to go outside? You want to go swimming? You want to play basketball? You need to read a little bit. And so I really got, a, um, I really formed an affinity toward reading, writing, and just that creativity. So around 19 or 20 was when I really wanted to move into a marketing or, or creative space in regards to working at an agency. But um, at that time I was working at a bank. It was okay. You know, I was, it was great because I was able to learn like financial literacy skills. And, you know, that's where I got my 401k, was able to buy my first home. But ultimately, I wanted to work in a creative agency environment. So I went to the literal corporate <laughs> headquarters of the bank and I was like, listen, I want to work in marketing. What can I do to help? I brought my little book of ads that I had like cut out and made. And uh, they're like, yeah, that's kind of cool. And then they just kind of like pushed me back home. So I was like, all right, I need to do some internships. I need to get my feet wet. So I went and did a couple of internships. One of those internships being at Allied Advertising, which was an agency that focused on movie releases. So we would get all these like really dope movie posters. We would promote the movies. And essentially I was an intern. So I'll be getting coffee. I would be wrapping mail. I was doing all that type of stuff. And then I did another internship that was similar at an agency while I was working at the bank. So I was at the bank going to school, just finishing up a public communication degree. And then I was doing these two internships. 
and I still couldn't get a job. And I'm like, man, why can't I break into this industry? So finally, I went in for an interview at this agency in Fort Lauderdale and they were a small, like four person team. I was like, listen, you know, I'll work hard, whatever you guys need, I'm there. And they ended up hiring me. And dude, I was so excited. I, I was primarily doing web design and social media then. So I was writing HTML, CSS, really simple stuff, um, doing WordPress sites. And while I was there, I was really forming this acclimation towards like web design because my mom had wanted to start a side business. And so I went online, I looked up on YouTube, I found these video trainings and I was able to build her WordPress site and people were able to go on the site, complete the form. And she was a teacher. So it was great because I was able to take this idea and make it something tangible. And that's when that light clicked where I was like, you know what, I want to be in this industry. Um, so while I'm at the agency, I'm growing, I'm developing my skills. I spent about four years there learning from the CEO and developing all my skills. And I ended up becoming a marketing director looking over clients like Land Rover, Range Rover, Audi at the dealership level. So it was a completely automotive dealership agency. And so after that four years, I was like, you know what? I want to branch out. I want to help SMB, small businesses, startups. So I was like, I think I have enough to, to start my own agency. And that was six years ago. So I left, I started 5.4 Digital with the intent to build this agency completely remotely. Now, back then, people were like, oh, you can't build a company remote. You need to have an office. Clients need to know you have this. They need to have that. And I was like, I think it would be better used if I could take this money that I'm making and be able to compensate really talented people both here and offshore right. and be able to save that overhead on an office and all those things. And so that was a huge transition. And it was great because you look at today, the transition from pre-COVID to now was, was pretty seamless because we already had all the processes in place. So... By opening my web design agency, man, it has been a wild ride. It's been super, super dope. And I've been able to meet and, and work with a lot of dope clients. Now, you're, now your mom, so you said your mom was a teacher? Yes, 33 years. Wow, 33 years. So, I, so I'm assuming then you come from a, uh, a line then of educators. Yeah, man. My mom, she was, she would have all the workbooks. We always had school supplies, you know, <laughs> and, uh, she worked in an area down here in South Florida called Miami Dade, which is, you know, it's, it's a um, predominantly black area. And she taught hundreds of students, man. And it, it was really dope because she, she had a, a different approach to teaching and she made it fun and engaging. And it was, uh, it, it's really great. It was really great. Right now. And now that, that, teaching bug then didn't go too far from you because you wound up doing a bit of teaching yourself, I guess, with uh, Udemy. Yeah, yeah. So I, my, first, my first course um, was on web design on, on Udemy. I, I sold it for like 30 bucks or 40 bucks. And there was a complete like course on how to build a website using WordPress, which is a content management system that a lot of a majority of uh, websites run on. So I built the course and we got to about 1900 students, which I thought was amazing. Um, wow. This was probably like four or five years ago. Um, and so it made me realize that one, people wanted to learn this skill and it was a tangible skill that they could resell and reuse. And then I realized that it was a great uh, stream of income that was set aside from the agency, right? Because when you sign on a client for a web design or brand identity project, you know, you need to execute that work over the time of eight to 12 weeks. With right. a course, you know, you might work on that for eight to 12 weeks, but then you can resell it over and over and over and over again. And there's no real overhead because it's a digital product. Interesting. So 1900 students then. Wow. So it was this one course or was it? Was, it? it was one course. It was, it was, that was my first foray in the courses. It took me probably four, three, four months to create the course. You know, my, my biggest advice to, to 
folks that are looking to get into these type of businesses is to set up standard operating procedures within your company because it kind of works like this, right? With 5.4 Digital, we're a web design agency. Now, in order to facilitate a, a, a large amount of projects, we usually work on about eight to 10 projects, I've created SOPs. So we have executable steps that we follow for every single project. Now, when you do that, you're able to delegate to your team. So essentially, I'm a project manager. So I'm, I'm looking overlooking the projects, I'm coming up with the concepts, I'm looking at big picture, and I'm able to delegate to my team. And now I'm creating these processes, right? So when I create these processes, it's almost like I'm gift wrapping them, creating them, and having them set up. So that way I can resell that as a course to someone else. Gotcha. So not only am I building systems within my, my business for it to function essentially without me, I'm able to gift wrap that and then resell it to others that are looking to do the same thing. Right, right. Now, you know, it's interesting that you bring that up because even in domain investing, that's probably one of the hardest things or, or one of the most challenging things that that uh, I believe most domain investors, just because it's built around them, it's built around their knowledge. Um, and so it, it tends to be a bit challenging to scale to get a uh, John D. Saunders to start thinking like, you know, Alvin Brown. It's like, how do you basically duplicate, you know, yourself or what I like to call passing yourself through the eye of the needle. It's like, when you do that, then that opens the door uh, exponentially to growth. Uh, but at the same time, like you said, it's a seamless streamlined process uh, that's just easily repeatable. Everybody gets it. Uh, but like you said, it serves your business well, but at the same time, it probably, it, it likely also brings you into uh, new courses um, and, and such. Now you mentioned, uh, what was it? Uh, five, four digital. So let's kind of talk a little bit about that. Just the yeah. name in and of itself. Like what is five, four digital? So five, four stands for 54th street in Brooklyn. And it's, it's a neighborhood where my aunts and my uncles live to where we grew up. It's where we had pool parties, where we had amazing times, July 4th. And, and, and so it was a culmination of family and just camaraderie, right? Community. And so 5-4 is a reflection of that. It's, you know, we take a grassroots approach to design. It's very one-on-one. -on -one. It's very community-based. It's very in, in with the client, right? So that's why we're able to be selective with clients because we're able to go in and really choose the clients we want to collaborate with and become almost like a family unit, right? Where everybody has a role and everybody's contributing to the project. So that's where the idea for, you know, the name 5-4 came out. And so, and so for those that are wondering, five, four digital. So the number five and then uh, four spelled out F-O-U-R digital.com. So why the combination of, uh, I guess, the, the letters or rather the alphanumeric approach there? That's a great question. So in most domain like etiquette, you don't want to mix numbers and letter. You know, you don't want to mix numbers and letters because it can confuse people when they see it. But the main reason that I did it was to one, differentiate ourselves, and two, I'm able to get these really easy domains that I could put on shirts and, and apparel and different things like that. So it's literally, I literally have the domain, the number five, F-O-U-R.com, which is a super short domain that redirects to 5-4 Digital. So I just did it to really differentiate. I wasn't really worried about, you know, the, the organic rankings because we have the reviews to pull, pull folks in. So that was my, my kind of logic behind that. Now, do you own, I guess, 5-4 actually just spelled out? Yes, uh, I have 
the number five f-o-u-r i have five four digital spelled completely out as well so that way if someone types it in it still brings them back to the website gotcha gotcha and that's one of the things that and and, and like you know i mean you're digital marketing strategist so it's you know, trying to teach customers or end users kind of what a good domain is versus a bad domain. Um, it can, you can come across some wild uh, contraptions of, you know, replacing S's with Z's. Yeah. It's just like, ah, uh, well, yeah. yeah By the way, it sounds, it sounds like I would have typed in two S's, but here it is. We're typing in two Z's um, and losing traffic probably to the correct spelling. Uh, which it, it's interesting because that brings me to a point of uh, I was out walking the other day and I passed a sign that basically said, go clean Texas. All right. So you just heard me say, go clean Texas. How do you think they spelled it? Go clean. G-O-C-L-E-A-N-T-E-X-A-S. Unfortunately, no. It was G-O-K-L-E-E-N. Texas. So T X A S. Go clean Texas. I got home. I actually I didn't even get home. I was like a block, you know, down the street, pulling out my phone, looking. And go clean Texas the way it should be spelled. There it is available. No way. (laughs) And so you're like, oh, that's that's the cardinal sin. Like you bad. It was available, like that's bad. Yeah, it was available at hand registration cost. And you know, it makes it, it just things wow. like that. Obviously the light bulb goes off for both of us because we just go, no, that's a big no, no. Like you've got to own your brand. Um, and you've got to own the variations of your brand. Um, and so, you know, it's just interesting. And that's what, that was one of the things that kind of stuck out to me when I, uh, cause I think I ran across you on Twitter somehow or another. I can't remember what I saw, but, I remember seeing that, and then I remember thinking, I was like, five, four digital, like, there has to be a story to why he chose five, four digital. So that's, uh, that is, uh, that's interesting. So how long have you been operating this, this company, this venture? Six years. Six years. Six years so as it, an entrepreneur, man, it's been, it's been great. I mean, of course it has ups and downs, but ultimately I wouldn't have the lifestyle I have now if I didn't, I didn't jump out on my own. Now you're based in Florida, right? I'm in Florida, South Florida. South Florida. Good <laughs> weather. Good time. Yeah, man. I'm about I'm about 30 minutes north of Miami. Okay. Interesting. In the birds, so, then, you know? so then tell me this. What what then is your vision for 54 Digital? My vision is to maybe scale our efforts 20 to 30 percent more and keep on going. Because mm-hmm. here's my thing. A lot of people they want they have certain goals and I, I get it. You know what I mean? Oh, I want to make $10 million. I want to make $15 million. You know, for me, it's more about being successful in the business, but then also having that life balance where I can take off a Wednesday or I can leave for a week right. and come back. You know what I mean? And so for me, five, four digital is a catalyst for everything else. It's the, the way that we can build a solid cohesive team where we can one serve clients. So that's, that's a big, piece of our income, right? Two, we can build our own internal projects, right? So we take our projects or ideas that we have and we funnel that through like almost like a client. So if I have an idea, it almost becomes one of our clients mm-hmm. and then we monetize it. And so five, four digital acts like the catalyst because we're able to get paid by clients, we're able to get paid for our other projects and I'm able to free up more time by building 
and developing this team. And so for me, it's about um, having these businesses run concurrently, making them profitable, and then almost pulling myself out of them so that I can focus on big picture. So my ultimate goal, if we're talking five, 10 years, is to have a building, um, make it be an incubator. So we take entrepreneurs, we take businesses into that building. We help them grow. We help them develop. We do business development. We take a percentage, maybe 2%, 3%, and then we send them on their way. And I would like to put it in an area where it, there's a lot of Black entrepreneurs or, or young Black kids that are looking to get into entrepreneurship. Because I think that that's going to be a, a, a gap that we need to bridge because mm-hmm. our, if, you know, if our folks have access to that tech, I mean, it's, you know, it's one of those things where we can build all these really cool products. And, and it's just, I think we need to have that platform. Interesting. So, so then five, four digital access, the catalyst that opens the door to pretty much all these other avenues. So for instance, I, I think you, uh, you also operate blackwallet.org. And so, you know, share with the listeners a little bit about, you know, how 5.4 Digital actually kind of got you down the path and towards uh, blackwallet.org. Absolutely. So two and a half years ago, I'm, I've been into financial literacy for a while because I'm all about generational wealth, right? I feel as though I don't want to work super hard. I want to work smart. And there are times when I have to go in, you know what I mean? But right. ultimately, I want to have a lifestyle where I have the freedom to, to do what I want to do when I want to do it. And so I'm always looking for financial tips, financial tricks and things to grow wealth. So I go on websites like NerdWallet and and Penny Hoarder and all these websites that provide tips and they're great, but a lot of them speak to, you know, an urban audience. So I was like, you know what, let's make our own blog. We'll call it blackwallet.org and we'll create a financial literacy blog for urban millennials. And so I went to the community and I said, hey, what kind of content are you looking for? What are you looking to, to, to create and have? So I always recommend folks that are looking to start a project or create something to develop a community around it. It doesn't have to be huge. It doesn't have to be 17,000 people. It could be a few dozen people that are, that are dialed into your niche and just ask them what they're looking for. We, we essentially made a Facebook group and I asked questions in that group of what people needed. And based on the feedback, we would write these articles and have them posted. Now, the articles were just informative information that was it Mm -hmm. it wasn't bias it wasn't hey choose this or do this it was hey if you think if you're opening a business and you're looking for tax deductions here's a complete list of all the deductions that are available and then it's like oh or we try to tie in our culture with an example with nipsey hustle the entrepreneur who passed away right uh, he has a line in his song he's like a million dollars on my flesh so we took the line of that song and we made it a, a, a blog about life insurance and how folks get life insurance and how a lot of people don't realize that you can get a million dollar policy as long as you're in reasonable health, right? Bucks a month, you know what yeah. I mean? So it's just kind of creating this content and getting it out to the community and then getting feedback from the community. And that was one of the biggest pieces. That's why last year when I wrote the book, um, a step-by-step guide to building wealth from a dollar, I literally crowdsourced that book because I asked that community okay, here's a chapter one through 10. What do you guys think? Oh, John, you should add this or change this. Okay, here are four different covers. Which cover do you like the most? I like cover number two. Most of the votes go to number two. Now we have 4,000 people in that group. So we have a good focus group to ask questions and get feedback. And so my biggest advice to anyone out there is, you know, build your community, focus on building a community. It doesn't have to be a ton of people. And then just get information, collect as much information as you can. So that way you can make informed decisions on what you want to do and what you'll provide to that community. 
That's an interesting approach that you used a Facebook group, built a Facebook group, then it helped you to generate content for your site. And, you know, because most for most people these days, it's a matter of, well, I don't know how to build a website. So most people are like, I don't need a website. I'll just go and use Facebook or Twitter or and that'll be my site, if you will. Um, obviously the downside to that is, well, what if you get kicked off or, you know, what if, uh, the, basically it becomes a, who owns the content? Um, do you own the content or does Facebook own the content? So it's, I think that that's an interesting, uh, point there that, that I'm pulling out in terms of how you use Facebook ultimately to launch your web presence. Um, and, and it, and it's not a, a, it seems like it's a, a dance that both of those are integrated together. So, so you're going to the well, if you will, with your folks of, hey, what do you all think about this? Hey, what, uh, what topics are you looking for? But then you're pulling them over to your site um, to actually probably do more in-depth education uh, rather than just a, you know, just high level questioning, um, and which, which is a good thing. Uh, I, th- I think it's an awesome thing. And so, you know, if you're a domain developer that's out there that's listening to this, that's one thing to to kind of take note on. If you're planning to build your site, uh, you know, think about how you can use social media to uh, really, like John said, create a focus group uh, that'll then help you to, uh, you know, build out, you know, start building out or developing uh, your site. So then, John, so why the name blackwallet.org? Like, were there other names that you considered or was this just the first thing that came to mind and it was available? No, no. Great question. Um, when it comes to domains, having like a, an SEO background, I'm really focused on creating keyword combinations that are short, you know, usually one to two words if I can, you know, with, I, I work hard to get the .com usually because, you know, that's the Holy grail. (laughs) Um, So, so for me, it was really about finding a two word combination that worked well, that would look good when someone typed it in, that was easy to remember. And um, so.com of course was, was taken. And that was, you know, the guy wanted like, I don't even know five, 10 grand or something like that, which I didn't have at that point. Um, But ultimately, you know, it started as a side hustle. So I was like, you know, what kind of domain can I get that would, that would cost me a ton. And I found blackwallet.org was available. I'm like, you know what, .org could work. We are, you know, we're, we're more so focused on providing value. We're still a, um, a profit-based business, but we're focused on value first. And I didn't monetize that business for months. So uh, for me, it was just finding something short, concise, easy to remember, and that would look great in a logo. Awesome. So then you went from blackwallet.org to, I guess, blackillustrations.com? Yes, that was, you know, what a lot of times when I'm looking for a domain, I'll start with keyword research. So I'll look at what keywords people are looking for, what searches they're making. And then based on those searches, I'll be able to, to, to filter that traffic. So one example, black illustrations was when I saw when first of all when I saw it was available I was like yo I need to snatch this up ASAP because it's a great domain right <laughs> and it was only twelve bucks you know I was like I got to get this I was shocked that it was that cheap so um, <laughs> I grabbed it up and then um, I started to build a brand around that and now so, so a lot of folks don't realize but you can actually create Google search based on the keyword that you're creating if your site gets enough traffic so now. Black illustration before Black illustrations wasn't getting a lot of searches, maybe getting right. like two hundred fifty to five hundred. 
Um, now it's getting around 15 to 1600 searches per month based on the, the, the domain that we created. One, it's super easy to remember. Um, and two, it explains explicitly what, what is on the website in two words. So black illustrations. So what, what exactly is black illustrations? Like what as an end user, if I go there, how am I going to use that site? So blackillustrations.com is a platform to find beautiful illustrations featuring black people for your digital projects. So whether you're doing a presentation, you have a website, you're creating a, a, a dashboard or a platform and you need visuals that show black people, then you can go to the site and you can either download our free illustration packs or download our premium illustration packs. And so we have education, we have activism, we have um, disability images, lifestyle images, uh, office and medical images. So the biggest thing is, especially people of color and black folks, we're just not represented in illustrations that much. I know this because I've done over 250 websites. We use illustrations all the time and it's hard to find illustrations featuring people of color. If you do find people of color, it's literally just a white person that's been darkened. The hair texture, everything else, you know, doesn't necessarily match. So. You know, we did this to facilitate a need, and um, I felt like it was something that that the, the culture needed, and it's been it's been a, it's been a wild ride, <laughs> to say the least. And how long has it? Because it's it's your I guess your what youngest baby, if you will, because um, it's not been out that long. Uh, what a couple months or we launched in mid April. Okay. Yeah. Gotcha. Mid-April, yeah. and it's the end of August at the time that we're recording this. And so, so shoot, that's what, five, six months? Yeah, man. It's, it's brand new. Brand new. So, wait. So, hold up. So, COVID happens, and here you are out here launching another business venture. Like, what <laughs> goes through your mind? You know, it's, it, it's weird, man. Um, you know, it was almost like a light bulb because I was thinking about it. I was like, damn, man, I can never find illustrations of like, like black people. And, you know, it's, there's just not enough out there. And it, it, this goes back to 5.4 Digital being that catalyst, right? I already have the infrastructure for this. Mm -hmm. You know, if someone had this idea, they would have to go and find a designer. They would have to do a website. They would have to learn all these different things. Having an agency makes it so much easier to launch these projects. So I was like, all right, um, we're just gonna do it. <laughs> so I started sketching out the illustrations, I sketched out the website, and then we worked together. And within two, two and a half weeks, the site was up. And today wow. we've done 45,000 downloads. We've had over half a million visitors to the website. Um, it's, been, it's been phenomenal. And every two weeks we're coming out with new illustration packs. And again, going back to the group dynamic, I go, we have a form on the website that's had five or about 800 people fill it out where I ask, hey, what illustrations are you looking for? Then I'll go into that search, I'll pick up the keywords that are mentioned the most, and then we'll base the next illustration pack on that. So a lot of people were mentioning STEM. We did it, we just finished a STEM pack. A lot of people are, were mentioning um, like lifestyle pics, a right. family, boom, we did the family pack. I need education images, we did an image illustration pack. So everything that we're doing and all these decisions that we're making are based on feedback from our audience. I guess how much of the social unrest has played into uh, actually boosting the site? I mean, has it had an impact on it or not really? Alvin, I'm glad you asked that because I honestly think we got lucky, you know, <laughs> and it's not, I hate to use the word luck, right. but I, I really think that one, 
you know, this was we launched prior to to um, to George Floyd's passing. And, and that was a really rough time because that was when everything took to a certain point, because you literally saw this man on camera for nine minutes being saying he couldn't breathe. Right. So I think, you know, people outside of, of, of black people were seeing now they're literally seeing on camera this man being killed in front of our eyes. Right. So I think that was the, 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 the change or the shift. Then COVID happened. Right. So now you have a culmination of a worldwide pandemic and systemic racism all coming together. And it's like a huge you know, explosion of just people all over. So, right. so um, you know, I think that at that point, a lot of people were like, you know, I, I want to support black business. I, I need to support black businesses. I need to see more imagery of black people. And, you know, that was we had the platform there, you know, and we had already picked up steam when that happened, it, it, it you know, it, it skyrocketed. So when, when it did happen the day after I was like, we need to do a movement pack and we need to create an illustration pack and, and create it and, and give it to our audience so that they can use it for their activism, their posters. So it has black lives matter. It has people holding up the fist. It's just imagery that, that can help with, with, with that. And so we launched that day after and man, it was, it was, we were seeing it on flyers. We were seeing people with posters at, at, um, at, um, at events. And it was just, it was just, um, it was crazy, man. And so I, I just wanted to do my part and somehow in helping. And, and that was, that was that. So half, what'd you say? Half a million visitors? Half a million visitors. Yeah. Half a million visitors. So then, you know, kind of like with uh blackwallet.org kind of what's your vision or long-term goal for blackillustrations.com? It's to keep growing it, to have, I want to, I want to have hundreds of illustration packs of people from all walks of life, from all different uh, populations, especially people of color. Um, I think it's important to see for kids, for people to see themselves in these illustrations and these images, you know, um, having, having someone in, in my family that has a disability. Now we have a disability pack where they can see themselves in an image portrayed, you know? So for me, I just want to be, creating illustrations that are reflective of real people. And so what do you think that does for like self-worth, self-value, um, being able to see oneself, uh, you know, appropriately? I think it's, it helps. It, 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 it's, it's a great way for people to see themselves in a digital aspect. So one example is on my personal website, I have my illustration that I made kind of modeled after me. And it feels good, man. You get affirmation and confirmation that, hey, you know, I'm here. And it's just a great way for people to see themselves in a digital space. Interesting. So then jumping from blackillustrations.com. So you wound up with illustratorhub.com. So kind of walk us through where where this came from was this more that black illustrations birth this like it's like which one chicken or the yeah, egg yeah. which of these came first exactly so illustrator hub is pretty much it's part of black illustrations you know what i mean it's i, I wouldn't even count it as like a separate business it's more just so what happened with black illustrations is we get a lot of inquiries for folks wanting to do custom illustrations mm. now we'll do it at an enterprise level but we can't handle the influx of traffic for people that are looking for illustrations or illustrators. So I was like, you know what, why don't I, cause I looked around and I didn't see any platforms out there. There were a few that had like black illustrators or black designers, but none of them showed that person's profile and their style of illustrations. It was just kind of like their name and their Twitter handle. So I was like, okay, let's build a platform. So, <laughs> cause I was like, you know what, if we can't facilitate this work, we can give it to other black illustrators that can do it. 
or that can um, that can grab it. So uh, we created illustratorhub.com. It's a platform for illustrate for people looking or companies looking for illustrators. Um, it's really clean and, and you can go there, check their profile, send them an email. There's no opt-in, there's no sign-in. It's just a platform for people to find great illustrators. Awesome. So then you're you're basically being the uh, the middleman, if you will, of basically trying to help people get connected and enter into relationship with one another. Yeah, and we've had dozens of people already book work and collaborate with businesses. Wow, that is awesome. So then, now, John, you don't necessarily consider yourself, I guess, a domain investor, like hardcore. Uh, you you don't or. or Said another way, you wouldn't, you know, it's not that you own like thousands of domains. No, no. <laughs> I probably have like 50, 60. And so now you, you've, uh, I guess in our pre-call, we, we had a talk and you had alluded to you, you know, invest in not just strictly.com. And obviously we can see that with blackwallet.org, but you've also invested in some CTTLD. So like .io, um, just kind of what goes through your mind as you're selecting domain names as a digital marketing strategist. I, I like, you know, I like to tie, I, I love IO because there's so many one word keywords available for .io. It's a little bit more expensive, but it's worth it. And, and I feel like it ties in really well with the tech industry because you know, the IO power on off type of, mm-hmm. type of vibe. So it has that nice tech centric, um, like tie to it. So I like .io's, um, I have, I have a couple dot COs. I'm not super proud of those, but you know, I was, I wasn't able to get my name, John D Saunders.com. Somebody's got it. I don't know what's going on with that. Um, so I got the dot co. And then, so one idea I had though, was when I had my son, when we figured out his name, I was like, you know what? Let me buy his domain right now. Before he was born, I bought his domain. I'm like, you know what? Let me just lock this in. I'll pay for it every year. If he doesn't end up using it, that's fine. But if he becomes, you know, maybe he becomes an accountant or a, a, a ball player or a, a I don't know, a professional gamer. At least he's got his domain locked in. Right. So I didn't want him to same, make the same mistake I did. Um, I also, Dot Black is a new TLD that came out. So I bought a few of those. And um, I have. You have any Dot Digital? I do. I have 54.digital. <laughs> <laughs> um, and that's about it. That's about it, you know? So that, that's amazing. So we, I was like, man, we're cut from the same cloth here because all three of our kids, that's how they got their names was domain availability. So a lot of people are like, you're, you're kidding me, right? Like you, you basically name your kids on whether or not a domain name was available. And I'm like, that's yeah, uh, because <laughs> when you have a common name, so even like for me, there is a uh, Florida, well, at the time, and this was probably like a decade ago, but there was in Florida, there was, I believe, a mayor that was named Alvin Brown. And I think he actually tried to run for governor as well, but uh, they actually reached out to me and was like, hey, you have our name. I'm like, no, I have my name. <laughs> like, <laughs> this isn't your name. This is, this is my name. So we we went back and forth, went back and forth, and they were like, well, you should just use, they're like, you already own uh, dot, at the time I had owned dot net. I, I think I even owned dot org. Uh-huh. They were like, you can use dot net and just sell us, you know, dot com. I'm like, no, I'm not doing that. Uh, but, it, you know, I say that to to get to the point of, you know, it's like, where you where you have physical real estate, you know everything, especially since COVID, has gone virtual real estate. And so to have your name, um, it's something special, especially when you have common names 
like myself, like yourself. I mean, we said it there in the opening, John P. Saunders. It's like, shoot, you know, if you go by John Saunders, how many John Saunders are there in this world? Oh, man, it's, it's crazy. Hundreds. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Hundreds. But when you start talking about domain names or when, you know, you look up, because there was like an IRS uh, tax attorney named Alvin Brown that even reached out to me. He was like, hey, um, why don't you use alvinbrowntech.com? I'm like, no. I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, y'all exactly. I'm like, brother, like, but it's my name and I was born first. I'm like, oh, we're gonna play that card, like, because you were born in the 60s <laughs> and I was born in the 80s. I'm like, no, we're not, no, we're not doing that nonsense. Uh, you know, if you if you didn't have the foresight to get your name, then you know, I don't know what else to tell you. Good luck, another extension, do something else. Um, so, yeah, so it, 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 it's just interesting. So then now how do you qualify, like when you're helping, um, when folks come to you at 5-4 Digital and they tell you an idea, but they don't necessarily have a name for it, um, you know, because in most cases, some people get an idea, mm-hmm. they want to do a website. Like how do you coach folks in terms of being able to qualify, uh, you know, purchasing or developing a given name for a brand? We usually start with a brand discovery session. So once we onboard a client, we'll start with a, a brand discovery. And it's about an hour, hour and a half, sometimes two hours session of just breaking down and compounding the, the brand. So we talk mm-hmm. about what their mission statement is. We talk about their values. What are their main services? We talk about their competitors, other uh, companies that they, that they like or that they feel have a clean aesthetic. And then we come up with concepts and ideas for that that logo i'm sorry for that brand name so sometimes it's you know kind of like a random word mm-hmm. sometimes it's a combination of words and sometimes it's two words and and in many cases it's just like a simple keyword so right. it really comes down to figuring out what would work well what would be easy to remember and what would semantically be able to be spelled by someone that doesn't necessarily know the brand like one of the brand that we worked on is show me go you know you say show me go and someone can most likely spell that out um themselves without you having to like say it or or write it down gotcha so then because it was like you said i think you alluded to it with blackillustrations.com. you were like there was no search traffic prior to black illustrations but because you actually went out and you built uh or developed blackillustrations.com obviously everything now has kind of shifted to where you have search uh data that you know corresponds to basically you went out and created your own market if you will um in terms of an online space now is that something that's highly recommended because obviously we have domain investors we have domain developers on the call who are going to you know for a lot of people they say well the domain is everything like you know, if you, if, if you don't have the right domain, then I don't care what business you have. Like, yeah, you can grow your business to be successful, but really with this, like that takes you over the top. Like, what are yeah. your, what are your thoughts? I mean, if, if, if it has existing traffic, it's always best to piggyback off of that. You know, some, some SEO or search engine optimization specialists, what they'll do is they'll buy a domain I mean, they'll buy another business just for the domain so they can redirect that traffic with 301 redirects, right? So they can siphon all that traffic to their site. So no, I think it's, I, I think it's extremely important. For a new business, it might not necessarily be, 
But if you have an existing business, you want to make sure that, you know, you're, you're definitely rewiring that traffic to go to the right place. Um, because with, with Black Illustrations, it, it's more so, it, it's almost to the point where it's simplified, right? Black Illustrations. It's kind of hard to, to mess that up. <laughs> uh, and, you know, there wasn't any search traffic. And here's the thing. There could have been search traffic, but there wasn't enough to warrant and, and see it in Google. Right. Mm. So there could have been search traffic, but it would have been small where I couldn't even see it. But now if you do black illustrations, right, the volume is sixteen hundred. The CPC is fifty eight cents. So potentially if I were to do ads for this, it would cost me fifty eight cents for the number one um, position. And then the competition for this keyword is point zero one um, competition at the highest is one. So it's very low competition. But now we've created this avenue or this this niche that we've basically taken over. Interesting. Now, in, in terms of, uh, and, and you mentioned basically going out to create these niches or these niches, what, however you want to say it. Um, what then, like, would you suggest or how would you coach someone that's listening today that has, uh, let's just say it's a domain investor or developer that has you know, a couple hundred domains and they're looking and they're saying, man, I want to develop, uh, let's just say like a local um, market or geo service domain. So something like uh, the only thing that comes to mind is something like, you know, New York pet sitters or uh, let's say Miami car wash. Like what would be your advice to them in terms of developing something and being able to turn it either via lead generation, web directory, AdSense, like kind of how, how would you coach them? If, if they're focusing on a specific community, I definitely grab a domain with, with the city keyword in it. Like for example, Miami Car Wash, if you can get Miami Car Wash or carwashmiami.com and you're focusing on that specific community, I think it's a great idea. Then you build out your website. The way I would do it is home services, have specific pages for each service and have about potentially have a locations page. And then on that locations page, you can have a specific page for every community in Miami with different copy images and a call to action on each page. So you don't necessarily have to reinvent the wheel more. So and mention that keyword in the domain and then make sure you have, you have the keyword in on the pages as H1, which is like a larger text that Google will scrape and read and index for you. Um, it, that's a pretty competitive keyword, so it might take a lot of rank, but ultimately I think that would be the best bet for a keyword. Um, and then on the side, you can build other website platforms in, in other verticals and other areas specific to, to where you're trying to focus. Ah, interesting. So then, so then kind of wrapping things up. So in terms of your blackwallet.org, blackillustrations.com, the illustratorhub.com, like what's next? for John B. Saunders. Like, <laughs> man, I'm done, man. I'm done. <laughs> ah, you tell me you're done. I'm like, nah, man. It seems like you're just getting started. <laughs> um, so, so this is something I haven't talked about yet. But one of my goals is to write a screenplay. I'm, I'm, I'm big into to movies. I love film. My biggest thing is you don't let people hinder what you want to do, man. People are always like, oh, stay in your lane. You know, shut up and dribble or focus on this. I, I think... We only have one life to live. It's important to try things, test them out. The worst thing you can do, man, is learn something new. You know what I mean? I mean, that's the, that's the worst <laughs> part of the scenario, that you learn something new. Maybe you don't like it. Maybe you kind of go into something else. But for me, I look at people like 
you know, Issa Rae, uh, who has a production company. She does videos. You look at someone like Jack Dorsey, the founder of Twitter. And then he also went on to found Square. Then you have people like Donald Glover uh, or Childish Gambino, who's a rapper, actor, writer, singer, comedian. You know what I mean? Why, have, why do you have to have, you know, why do you have to be in one facet? If you're a creative, you can do so many different things. So two of my goals, man, I maintain these businesses, grow these businesses, have them operate essentially without me, at, um, you know, in the day to day, which pretty much I'm out of that for the most part. And then just focus on, on developing this incubator where I can have this building and, and take these companies in. And then, man, work on my screenplay and, and write and just uh, and retire. In other words, be able to have these businesses run without my direct input and just work on, you know, really fun stuff. So pretty much more of what I'm doing now. <laughs> <laughs> so, so it wouldn't surprise me if I look up and there's another dot com dot org project that comes out along the way. I don't know, man. I, I, I'm, I'm going to take a break, at least a two year break. <laughs> I'm going to build these businesses. Maybe I'll sell one of them. Uh, but ultimately, I'm, I'm going to pause for now and just focus on growing <laughs> these things, man. <laughs> awesome. So then tell me this. One, one question that just came to mind, and I know it would serve uh, the listeners well, especially domain developers. Like, what would you, what would be your advice for someone looking to develop a domain and actually build their, build their own remote team? Um, you know, if they have a portfolio mm-hmm. of domains, let's say, you know, 500 domains, a thousand domains that they want to develop and what would be your advice to them in terms of, Hey, this is how I would go about building that remote team to be able to create the site, create the content, um, you know, for their given domain portfolio outside of hiring 54digital.com. <laughs> no, of course. So my biggest advice would be to start small. Start with one domain and then use that domain as the blueprint for all of the others. So mm. while you're developing, while you're creating your process with this first one, document everything, right? Step by step how you're doing it. Record yourself performing those actions. Create a repository of all these step by step directions and video training. Because then once that's done, you're going to be like, yeah, you know, this took me forever to do. But now you can take this and you can give it to another designer, another developer. You can hire an independent contractor. They can execute these steps on your behalf. And now you can scale your efforts. Now, that makes total, total sense. Total sense. I mean, it, and, and it's interesting because you're really beginning to streamline that, that approach. And, and a lot of people have asked, like, is it possible to fully automate domain development? And to a certain extent, I think you have pockets or degrees of that development that can be automated, but then there's also going to be high touch, uh, you know, in terms of, you know, trying to look at data subjectively to determine, hey, does this domain actually make sense? Kind of like you did with uh, blackillustrations.com because either it has traffic or either it doesn't. And there's that subjective moment of, well, what do I do? Am I in this for the long haul of actually going to create a space that doesn't exist? Or am I there to capitalize on what's there and, you know, go from there? So last but not least, uh, so what would your advice be to someone starting their journey in tech and entrepreneurship? Like, where should they start? I say learn as much as you can from, from your peers. Join online communities, talk to people, network, ask questions, and then start a side project. You know, start a fun project. If you're into gaming, start a gaming blog or, 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 or a YouTube channel. I think one of the best ways to learn is just by doing. 
and mm. and and taking don't necessarily think of oh how am i going to monetize this just think about learning every step of the way maybe launch a print on demand store on shopify you know whatever vertical you're trying to break into one join the community be a part of the community ask questions and then two start a side project and, and practice you know what you're working on that's awesome advice awesome advice so then is there anything else that you'd like to share with listeners I just want to thank you, Alvin, for having me on the on the show, man. I'm I'm, I'm excited. I, I appreciate you and, and what you do. And uh, no, you know, they could check me out. My website's johndsaunders.co, C-O. Uh, I have a, a free email course on there where I, 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 um, I drop weekly lessons on marketing, web design, and all that good stuff. Of course, free uh, as well. And uh, check it out. And that's it. That's all I got. <laughs> Man, well, with that, we're out of time. So, John, thank you again for joining us today and sharing your entrepreneurial experience. Oh, you're welcome, Alvin. Thank you again. And thank you, listeners, for tuning in to Kickstart Commerce, where we share search marketing and domain name strategies to help grow your business. Please subscribe to this podcast via iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify, or Podbean. Last but not least, please visit kickstartcommerce.com to subscribe to the newsletter sharing tips and tricks about the disciplines of digital strategy. Thanks, and that's all for now.